Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. My friends, welcome back to another stochastic NHL strategy show presented by BetMGM. I am your host, Josh Harris, and joining me for this big old 10-game slate is my partner in crime, Slim Cliffy. How are we doing today, Cliffy? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, pretty big slate ahead of us. Good night of NHL last night. I had, I mean, unless you were watching that <laughs> that Devils game. Um, doing well. Uh, I ended up squeaking in cash last night. Thank you very much, Connor Hellebuck, for holding on to that shutout. Um, didn't really, I mean, main cash, but I'll take it. Uh, considering New Jersey and Ottawa really didn't do anything huge, at least not the guys I use. So, um, New Jersey back on the slate again here tonight. So, uh, we're gonna have to definitely uh cover them, but uh, I'm tight, I'll tell you, I really don't feel like it. No. They, you know what it is? Like their goaltending is just trash. Like it's it's trash. And if they, I think it was one, I think it was your tweet actually. They said if they just got average goaltending, they'd be a playoff team. Man, their save percentage at all strengths is eight forty four, which means they're giving up sixteen goals in every hundred shots, which is four goals on every twenty five shots against. Like, like the that the Devils are three and three feels like a miracle at this point. Yeah. Their goaltending's been bad. Jack Hughes hasn't been scoring. He's been shooting. Jesper Bratt finally scored his first goal the other night. So I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe they're coming around. I don't I don't know. Um, you know, it's it's the last day for a couple of promos today. I'm sure y'all are excited. I don't I don't plan for these. It just comes naturally during the show. I'm just professional. I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, um, you know, please hit uh, like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when shows go live. Helps us help you, helps you help us, et cetera, et cetera. Also, if you can't watch the show live, don't forget almost all of our content is available in podcast form on the platform of your choice. So help us out by leaving a five-star review. Again, that helps us help you, help us help you, help us. You help us. Ten game slate, lots of randomly large. Like I, I don't have any stats. It just feels like the totals are larger this year. I, I don't know why. Well, I did see um, it was Micah Blake McCurdy who does um, hockey analytic visuals uh, at hockeyviz.com, a really informative website. Um, he was saying so far this year, there's a lot more expected goals generated per 60 minutes than there were last year. And, you know, that's, that's definitely part of it. Um, the goals per game are, is up slightly from last year, less than a 10th of a goal 
that usually comes down as the season wears on. But it was the reverse last year. I uh, remember everybody went on that COVID break at Christmas, and then the last 50 games of the season were scoring bonanza. So, uh, yeah, there are some very high totals, uh, some very high ownerships uh, tonight that we'll get to as well. Um, lots to choose from. Uh, but there is one 20% line that really sticks out like sore thumb. We'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, and I was just about to mention their total is the Columbus Blue Jackets have almost a four total. Like that was never going to be on my bingo card going into this year, but it's just it's just crazy that they almost have a four total. There is a four total on this slate that we will get to. Um, so let's let's get into these ten games. We don't have a show directly after us, so we're not at a two at a two fifty five crunch. So maybe we'll have a few more minutes to talk about it, but. Let's get into it. First game of the night, Dallas Stars with 2.7 total. Heading into Boston, the Bruins have a 3.3 total. Dallas played the last night. They lost to Ottawa. Uh, Jake Ottinger and Linus Olmark are conf- uh, confirmed. Status quo on the lines here. Um, you know, Dallas top line not getting much ownership. Not a very good matchup, though. 2.7 total on the road normally would be a decent total, but there are some big old road road totals today even the coyotes have a 2.7 road total so like i I don't know how much dallas i'm going to be getting to but on the bruins side they have a 3.3 they're getting fairly low ownership this isn't the best goaltending matchup but i think you know once you get past that robertson hints pavelski line there can be some good matchups for the bruins so what are you seeing yeah i agree with that and the way boston always uh, or almost always runs their matchups when they're at home is the Patrice Bergeron line will go out against top line. So that means Robertson, Hintz, and Pavelski. Um, not a big sample for this current iteration of the Bergeron line with DeBrusque and Saka there, but, you know, they've been really good defensively. I said on a show earlier this year um, about how kind of underrated Zaka is as a two-way player um, in the NHL. Um, and then Bergeron and DeBrusque just seems to have – generated some good chemistry since DeBrusque was put there, I think like around February or March of last year. So it's been like 30 or so games now. It's a tough matchup for that Dallas one. And as we often say, when Dallas is on the slate, they don't play a ton of minutes. Now they played more minutes last night as you know, they were trying to chase for a win. Um, But they're still only getting 16, 17 minutes on average per game. And if you're only playing 16 or 17 minutes going into Boston against that Bergeron matchup, like single entry three max, that type of thing. I think you're perfectly fine to let uh, Dallas one go. Um, Dallas two is a little bit more interesting. The problem is, is that they changed up their lines a fair bit down the stretch uh, last night. And Jamie Ben actually moved up to the second line with Mason Marchment and Tyler Sagan. Jacob Peterson had been there for most of the game. Now, if that happens, I kind of don't mind uh Dallas two, or at least, you know, one offing like a Mason Marchman or Sagan, but they're not that cheap is kind of the issue here, right? Like they're 5k plus uh, over on DraftKings, uh, over on FanDuel, Tyler Sagan is cracking 6k. So they're not that cheap and they don't get the top power play minutes. Not like you'd really play against Boston for the power play time anyway. And as we mentioned on yesterday's show, getting to the Boston side here, Dallas is the most penalized team in the NHL in six games. They're averaging, Uh, five uh, power plays given up to the opposition per game. That's a lot. Um, That'll come down through the year, but that kind of makes it a decent spot to maybe, you know, I I think one offing David Pasternak is certainly in play here. Um, You know, if you want a two-man Bergeron and DeBrusque, I think you can do that even going into that Dallas one matchup. 
Um, it's just Jake Ottinger and that kind of worries me. Like he's had a real, like, you know, a real good start to the season, looked great in the, like phenomenal in the playoffs last year. He's just been really good so far in his young career, even though he doesn't have a ton of games played. Um, it, it like it's a good power play matchup for Boston. The goaltending kind of worries me. And it's not like they're really that cheap, right? Like Pasternak, 8,800 on DK. Bergeron, 7,500 on DK. Pasternak, almost 10K uh, on FanDuel with Bergeron over 7,000. So it, it just doesn't like if this was like a six game slate or a five game slate, I think Boston's power play would have a lot more interest on my side. But as it is, I think it's maybe one-offing like David Pasternak or something like that, and that's about the extent of really what I like in this game. Yeah, this is more of a you know Jake Harry special. He's got 150 in the chamber. You get to this game after your you know top plays. Like I do like that Boston Krejci Pasternak line. It's just I don't know. Like Taylor Hall, Jake Cover Years, he's not the best finisher in the world. So maybe you leave him off, go like Krejci Pasternak and, you know, save some money, go with like a Grizzlick there or something like that. But like, I'm not, I don't think I'm really going to try to force Boston into my one lineup or one to three lineups, but there is some pieces that I like on the Dallas side, just not much, like you said, like maybe one off some guys, but like, again, not the best matchup, not the best power play matchup. So like, I like Jamie Ben last night, not a huge fan of him tonight. Sagan Marchment, a little too expensive to one off, in my opinion. So, this is an MME special for me. Moving to the blue lines, uh, I do like Campus Limholm. I do like Matt Grizzlick. Uh, Connor Clifton, I wish was a little bit cheaper. Dallas, ah, just, I don't know, just not much there for me. Yeah, I agree. I don't think this is a game where I'm really taking any of the defensemen on either side. There's, there's just not a lot that appeals to me. Yeah. Let's move on to the next game. We have a seven over under in this bad boy. We have the Minnesota Wild with a 4.0 road total going into Montreal. The Canadiens have a 2.9. Going to be Marc-Andre Fleury against Jake Allen. Minnesota mixed up their lines. Uh, top line is now Kirill Kaprizov, Freddie Gaudreau, Matt Zuccarello. Second line of Boldy, Rossi, Marcus Foligno. Third line of Brandon Duhame, Joe Erickson-Eck, and Ryan Hartman. Montreal status quo here. We were talking about Freddie Gaudreau a little bit in our Discord. He's a guy that we like. He's not flashy by any stretch of the imagination, but he is a very solid player. He is min-priced. The problem is min-1 is all wings, all wingers on both sides here tonight. Gaudreau min price not on the top power play either, and they're getting a bunch of ownership. It is the biggest total on the night. This is a very, very good matchup for both sides, really. Minnesota has had very bad goaltending, as you'll probably talk about in a second. Their defense has not been great either. Almost no ownership on the Minnesota side, and I, th- I think that is a mistake. I think like if like I'm not saying the ownership's a mistake. I'm saying it's a mistake that they're they're so low. I think they should be higher owned tonight. I like both sides of this game. Yeah, uh, the Minnesota top line is coming in with a lot of ownership. I'll just bring up our top stacks real quick. This is over on DraftKings. Obviously, we'll talk about Columbus in a second. They're number one. Uh, number two is that top Minnesota line. A uh, little bit less owned uh, over uh, on FanDuel. I think um, num- coming in number three. Um, 
just a pricing thing, how the pricing works between the two sites. Like, yeah, Freddie Gaudreau is one of those guys. He's good defensively, and he's he's good in transition. And that's something that kind of gets underrated, underrated, I think, a little bit, is like being able to get the puck to your best players, you know, in flight, on the rush, through the neutral zone is something that's pretty important. And he can do that, I think, better than Ryan Hartman can. And I think even better than uh, maybe not Joel Erickson, but it's, you know, it's at least a debate. And not only that, um, but Minnesota, Montreal uh, sends out their top line a fair bit against opposing top lines. And, you know, for as good as the top line for Montreal has been offensively, basically right since Martin St. Louis took over in February of last year, they just haven't developed defensively um, at all. Uh, 3.2 expected goals against per 60 minutes, 3.4 actual goals against. Like they're giving up quite a bit. And as we mentioned on the last show uh, with Montreal, that had Montreal on, I think that was Saturday, um, their penalty kill still remains one of the worst in the league. They're one of four teams uh, allowing at least 10 expected goals against per 60 minutes on the BK. What's saving them? Um, as it has quite a bit this year, is their goaltending. Their goaltending has been like really good. So if Jake, if um, Jake Allen doesn't, you know, stand on his head for Montreal tonight, particularly on the power play, it could be a long night. So yeah, I really do like uh, Minnesota one here. Um, you know, they're coming, you know, we're going to talk about that Columbus line in a second. They're coming in with less ownership and they're cheaper than that Columbus line. Like I know they're on the road, but it's still a four total, you know, largely where the goals are going to come from it's just it could it can be hard to fit because it's a triple wing uh top line but i really do like that minnesota top line i don't mind that rossi and boldy line either they're just coming in with a fair bit of ownership and you know i, I think it'd just be a spot where i'd either one off boldy or add him to a top line stack like maybe take out goodrow and put in uh boldy for some additional uh power play uh correlation so um, yes, and on the Minnesota top line, really do like them. It's a great spot, particularly for their power play. Um, I think I would just, you know, I would probably sneak in a Boldy um, if I could. But he's been really, really good uh, to start this year. At least he's been shooting a fair bit. I was worried about no Fiala, but they're uh, playing well. On the Montreal side, um, I think it's top line or bust here. Um, the rest of the lines really get their minutes spread out, which is why, um, their top two percentage between the second, third, and fourth lines is exactly 0.2% total. Like th th they just spread out the ice time too much between the second, third, and fourth lines, and they do change up the lines like a little bit. Uh, the Montreal top line coming in with good leverage um, over on DraftKings by our, our top stacks tool, like two to three percent. Same thing over on FanDuel, two to three percent, uh, relatively cheap, so you can fit in another big stack with them. Um, you know, they're all on. Um, the top power play together, which is a, another bonus. Um, and Minnesota's look pretty bad defensively this year. Like their goaltending hasn't been great, but the defense hasn't been good either. So I think both top lines are really in play here tonight. Um, I'm not sure I would get to Montreal in a single entry. I don't have a problem with them necessarily. They're at least one of those really low owned top lines that need consideration here tonight. Um, you know, if they only come in one, 2% at home against a Minnesota team, that's really struggling defensively to start this year. I think it's it's not a bad spot for them. Yeah, and you know these Minnesota lines don't really strike me as very good defensively either. Like Ryan Hartman on the wing now, maybe that fourth line is decent defensively, but you know 
you can easily avoid those lines at home. You know, if I was making one to three lineups, having one of three Montreal one, you're way over the field there. And I think you get some good leverage moving to the blue line. Kalen Addison, top power play, 3,700 is good if you don't want to use him. Jared Spurgeon at 4K on DraftKings, also very good if you want to fade Minnesota, but you still want some defenders there. I think Jacob Middleton or Jonas Brodeen is a fine punt. Like, almost everybody is fine. Like, Matt Dumba at 4,200 could be fine. So, you know, you want Min Price, John Merrill, but, like, I think I would go, you know, Addison, Spurgeon, Brodeen as the top three. On the Minnesota side, Jonathan Kovacevic, still min price, is fine. You know, Jordan Harris is okay at his price, which he's a little cheaper. Same with Caden Goulet. Yeah, um, Jared Spurgeon grades out as a pretty good defense value for us over on DraftKings for his price and this matchup, so I definitely don't mind him. I Like, I wrote up uh, Kalen Addison in the uh, DFS Picks article, free to read over at stochastic.com, up on the site right now. The TOI, his ice time per game has been on a little bit of a decline over the last few games. Um, but Montreal, like I said, Montreal is a terrible penalty kill and he runs PP1. Like, I, I think um, he makes sense to add into some sort of Minnesota top stack. I think he's even fine by himself in case Minnesota doesn't explode for five or six goals, but they do get there on the power play. He's probably going to be involved. So one off part of the stack. I think Addison's the guy uh, on the Montreal side. I still like Jordan Harris. He's still putting up peripherals, decent ice time. Um, that's probably about it for me. No relation, as far as I know, to Jordan Harris. No, but we, we'll we'll figure that out at some yeah, point. Yeah. Twenty three and me incoming. Let's move on to the next game. Arizona Coyotes with a two point seven total somehow going into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a three point eight. Uh, Daniil Tarasov confirmed. Carol Vajmelka probable. Patrick Laine coming back a bit early from his elbow injury, kind of ruining my Johnny Gaudreau bet. Still a fine bet, not as good as it was when Laine was out. Now Laine is in, going Gaudreau, Jenner, Laine. Moves Nyquist down to the third line, moves Ken Johnson up to the top power play. Top line getting massive, massive ownership here. Secondary lines not getting much here. On the Arizona side, 2.7 total, which is a bit surprising to me. Their prices are okay. Columbus doesn't have a very good penalty kill. They they aren't great defensively either. So, like, I'll let you talk about it. But for me, like, if I was getting to Arizona here, I think I would power play stack, maybe go Keller Boyd, Richie, or, you know, Keller Boyd, Ghost. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get to the Coyotes in one to three. But what are you doing with that Columbus top line? Yeah, we do have to kind of note, the impact of Patrick Laine here, right? Like he very clearly brings goals, a lot of goal scoring upside to that top line, but he's also just a black hole defensively, right? Like um, if you look at Columbus's top line numbers without Laine um, this year, 2.6 expected goals against per 60 minutes. That's largely with Nyquist and Johnny Goodrow on the top line. Um, with Laine last year, um, that was about 3.1 um, expected, or yeah, 3.1 expected goals against, um, per 60 minutes, the goaltending really kind of bailed them out, but it just kind of speaks to the problems that, you know, the, the upside and downside that line eight does bring to that top line. Like, yes, he can absolutely pop off for a hat trick here tonight. He can do that on any given night, especially when they're facing uh, the Arizona Coyotes. Um, but they could really struggle defensively. And I think that's why Arizona's top line, like 
I think they're fine to use here tonight. Um, they are relatively cheap. I think, you know, even if you just want a two man, like a Keller ghost or a Keller Richie, or, you know, just Keller Boyd, I think that's fine. I don't think you have to full stack the Arizona top line, but, um, that would be about it from that side, from the Columbus side. Like, I think on the weekend we were talking about Nashville and playing bad chalk when Nashville was super chalky at home. And then they just didn't really do anything. And like, I know the Columbus top line is in a like amazing matchup here tonight. Like Arizona won. I was looking at their numbers without Nick Schmaltz and they're like, they're just pathetic. Like 41% uh, expected goal share uh, with Lawson Kraus specifically on that top line over the last two years, which is, you know, absolutely horrific. Um, and then I think it gets down to 35% when you just put in a, ge- a generic winger with Keller and Boyd, like, like they, they just aren't a good line. So like, I think, you know, even if Columbus is 20% or whatever, because Arizona is so bad at five on five and because Arizona, you know, they're still really bad uh, on the penalty kill as they were last year. Um, they're coming in uh, 27th, I believe by expected goals against uh, on the penalty kill. So like, I think there is um, obviously a lot of merit to using um, Columbus here tonight. It's just whether you want to choke down that 20, 25%, I think over 30% ownership over on FanDuel. Um, it's a lot and it's not necessarily bad chalk because, you know, it is a good offensive line in a great matchup, but like, even if you're playing single entry, this team, this line is going to be wildly owned on a 10 game slate. I think there's merit to just kind of leaving them alone. Uh, if you want to dip down and maybe, um, you know, two man like Rosovic Voracek on the second line or, you know, Rosovic Kent Johnson, especially where Johnson's on the top power play unit, I think that's fine as well. I have no problem with either of the top lines here tonight. It's just that Columbus ownership, I think, is just a little bit out of control. Um, you know, one decent game from Vimelka and, you know, a quarter of DFS entries are dead tonight. So um, I, I no problem playing them. It's a great spot. I just don't think I'll get there in my single entries. Yeah, it is the mo- like the biggest question of the slate, what to do with Columbus one. Again, like I talk about it a lot. I think you, this is a, a line you have to take a stand on tonight. You either, you either you almost full fade or you go way over the field. Being at the field with this line on a 10-game slate just feels bad. I don't have the answer what you should do. Um, it's a question of how you play, how many lineups you're playing, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to have to answer that question for yourself. But I think taking a stand either way under or way over – is the way to go. Ken Johnson, I do really like. I've liked him since we started doing the off-season stuff, the betting stuff. He is 2,600. His minutes aren't that great, but at that price on the top power play with very little ownership, I think, you know, he should be able to get on the score sheet if they get a bunch of power play. Like, don't mind, like, a Ken Johnson, Wierenski, two-man. Like, yeah, Wierenski's probably going to be owned too, but, you know get a little power play correlation there and hope that, you know, Columbus one doesn't break the slate moving to the blue lines. You know, I, I do like ghost tonight, seven point, you know, seven point he's projected for 7.3% ownership, which actually isn't too bad. 5,900 JJ Moser also in the top power play 3,800 depends on your price point there. Zach Wierenski always in play. I think Blankenberg's out tonight. Uh, so um, Jake, if you need to talk, my DMS are open. 
Gavrikov and Peak stepping up to that spot for shot blocks and a little bit of offensive upsides. Fine. Don't mind Jake Bean at min price. I can't believe you didn't mention Mayo. I thought this was for sure going to be a Mayo game for you. <laughs> like, uh, no, I yeah, I'm not playing him either. Um, yeah, Zach Wierenski, uh probably going to be the highest owned defenseman on the slate here tonight. Um, don't mind Goss Despair, 5,900, honestly. But Columbus's penalty kill has actually been like fairly good this year, and they're not taking a lot of penalties. They're in the top 10 for fewest penalties taken on the season. I don't think Arizona's going to draw a bunch here tonight. So I think this might be a night just to kind of let uh, the high higher-priced Arizona defenseman go by. Um, not really a game where I'm going to, you know, definitely reach to grab a defenseman, but you know, if you want to use Gavrikov or peak for a, a lower price defense, Columbus, I think that's just fine. You like using the secondary guys in a high total, I think, um, is perfectly acceptable, uh, honestly, this size for sure. And it's a seven over or no, sorry. It's a, this one's a six and a half. The game before was seven, but anyway, as I told you yesterday, I thought it was the last day, but they extended it one more day for you guys. Bet 10, win 200 if any team scores a goal tonight. This is absolutely the last day here. Last day. Free money from sports books until the next, you know, bet MGM promo. There's one for NBA as well, which we will switch over to tomorrow. But this is the last day for the hockey one. Free money, take it while you can. Has to be first-time bet MGM users and money line only. Can't be a live bet. Has to be, you know, pre-game money line. Do it. Get your free money. Let's move on to the next game. New Jersey Devils heading into Detroit, the Detroit Red Wings. They both have a 3.4 total. Probably going to be Vitek Vanacek. And Alex Nedeljkovic is confirmed here. First thing that I noticed, not too much ownership on the wings tonight. Devils back-to-back on the road. Goaltending has been an issue. They've been going 11-7. I like the wings tonight. Not a huge, huge fan of their power play correlation on the lines. But coming in around 3% for both the top six lines, Dominic Kubalik up getting top six minutes is a treat. Um, Devil's top line getting about 8% here. Jack Hughes still in the double digits. They have a 3.4 total, but back-to-back on the road. What are you doing here? Yeah, the first th- thing that kind of stands out to me is that New Jersey's penalty kill has actually been good this year and hasn't been let down by their goaltending, which feels like an absolute miracle. Um, and New Jersey doesn't take very many penalties either. Like they're only taking um, three uh, penalties per game or allowing three power plays per game this year. Um, and Detroit's, you know, a lot of damage lately, especially David Braun has come from the power play. Um, losing Tyler Bertuzzi is a pretty big deal for that top line for the Red Wings. I was looking at their uh, numbers from the last couple of years. Uh, The expected goals and actual goal score go down to two and a half, which that's a little bit above average, which isn't good for a top line. Um, And the actual goals against are about three and a half um, as they start to allow more uh, defensively. So like, I know your boy Kubalik, is on the top line and we do like him uh, in this matchup, but I, you know, it's not really a good power play matchup for Detroit. What is a good matchup is that it's the New Jersey Devils goaltending. Um, They're the worst, I think either worst or second worst in the NHL over the last three years, the only team being worse is Seattle. And that makes sense. Um, 
they looked awful again last night. Uh, Banachek had to come in and play the third period, uh, I believe. So um, maybe, you know, he could be uh, just a little bit fatigued here. And the fact that there's no ownership coming on Detroit is kind of piquing my interest here. Um, 3% over on DraftKings, um, about 5 to 6% over on FanDuel. That's not a lot for that top line. Um like New Jersey skaters haven't been playing poorly. It's just the goaltending and they've ha been having trouble finishing their plays. So like, I really don't mind Detroit one here. If you just want a two man like Larkin Kubalik, um, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, throwing Philip Heronic on the blue line for some power play correlation, even though it's not really a good power play matchup for them. Um, but it is really the, the, the Detroit top line that I would look at um, more than anything. I would. I wonder how New Jersey is going to run their lines tonight because they did change them up last night in the third period. They moved uh, Brat um, to the Hughes line, and then they moved Mercer up to the Hishier line. Um, Brat and Hughes potentially getting like um, some, you know, some deeper matchups uh, from Detroit um, would kind of interest me on this slate. Um, Especially, you know, if they go up against that cop Peron Zadina line, like cop's a pretty good two way center, but Zadina um, hasn't really fulfilled his potential yet. And um, David Perron, really not a great defensive player. So I think it could be a good matchup uh, for Hughes and Brat if they play together. We just don't know if they're going to play together. Uh, and we won't know until warmups hit. So if Hughes and Brat are playing together, especially where they're on the top power play unit together, um, I don't mind using them as a two man. Mm -hmm. um, if they're not, I think I might just let New Jersey go by tonight. So right for right now, for sure, I will say the only duo that I really like um, is that top line duo of uh, Dylan Lark and Dominic Kubelik. And then, you know, you can add Lucas Raymond if you want, even though they're not on the same power play, because this matchup is not about the Detroit power play. It's about uh, the goaltending from New Jersey. Yeah, and it kind of feels weird to be like, yeah, don't have too much interest in this game with a, you know, seven over under. But... I kind of agree here. Like the devil's lines kind of up in the air here, getting a little bit too much ownership as it is not the best power play matchup for the wings. Although I do like Kubelik still at his price. Um, if I had to go at anything, it would be that top line. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see where we go in one to three. I'm leaning towards fading this game as well. Moving to the blue line, Dougie Hamilton, 6,600, didn't have the best of games last night, but coming going back to him is fine. John Marino, who you who you uh, puffed up there, had two assists and a shot on goal. That was nice to see. He's still min-price. On the Detroit side, I, I guess Cedar's fine. Like, I'd rather play Chronic, I think. But, like, the Detroit blue line prices are just a bit too expensive for my taste here. Yeah, I'm not sure how in I'm going to be on the New Jersey defenseman, especially if they keep going with seven defensemen. Like, I don't think a single D-man played over 21 minutes last night for the Devils, and they had three guys play, like, 13 minutes or less. Like, I honest, they just <laughs> – they keep not being able to score goals and they keep going with seven defensemen and keep leaving Alexander Holtz in the press box. Like, I, I mean, I don't know how Lindy Ruff lasts to Halloween, but, uh, and that's for another time. Don't mind Heronic, um, because he's getting that PP one, but I wouldn't want off him. I, it only probably only be in some sort of uh, top line stack with the Red Wings, but that's yeah. about it for me. Yeah. Now that Blast Hill is out of Detroit and Torts is kind of on a team that really isn't 
super relevant for DFS. Lindy Ruff, absolute stone, not low for DFS purposes. Anyway, moving to the next next game, got some revenge narratives here. Colorado Avalanche, the 3.1 total. Heading into New York, the Rangers have a 3.0 total. Alexander Yorgiev back in Madison Square Garden confirmed tonight. Uh, I'd be shocked if it wasn't Igor Shesterkin tonight for the Rangers. Philip Hedl out tonight for the Rangers. Probably going to be out at least four games, they said, which is, you know, I forget which beat writer it was, but his stats early on this season have been excellent. Not a huge deal for DFS purposes. It may hurt the Rangers defensively. It would hurt them more if they're on the road, but they're at home. Colorado top line, getting a fair bit of ownership here. They're, you know, McKinnon, we always talk about is matchup proof. They are going to see a fair bit of the Zabat and Jan line. Rangers getting almost no ownership here. Colorado, once you get past that top line, hasn't been super good. I think there's stuff on both sides here. Yeah, I I think this is one of the low-owned spots where I'm going to be going to here tonight. Um, I'll start with the Rangers top line, Kreider, uh, Zbanejad, and Kako. They've been... Uh, they haven't been finishing at five on five yet this year, but they, you know, 4.1 expected goals generated per 60 minutes in uh, over 60 minutes in about 60 minutes together. Sorry. It's just that they're shooting under 5%. You know, that's not going to keep up for very much longer. We know that was Banjad and Crowder on that top line. You know, Crowder and Banjad are playing 20 plus minutes a night as well. Kakos look per- like really good to start this season. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. They're going to get that Colorado 1 matchup. You know, Colorado 1's um, defensive numbers, at least so far this year, a little bit, you know, just around league average. Like, they're not, this isn't going in and facing like the Bergeron line or something like that, right? Like, this is a line that will absolutely trade chances back and forth. And, you know, we have that Rangers top line coming in at a 1%. Uh, that feels like a spot that I might want to gravitate to. I wrote up Alexis Lafreniere in the Power Plays article. He's on the second line with Artemi Panarin 
and Vincent Trocheck. Uh, that line has been really good this year, not only generating expected goals, 3.6 per 60 minutes, but actually scoring them at 4.6 per 60 minutes, which is, you know, they're both really strong numbers. Um, and as you mentioned, that Colorado's second line hasn't really done a whole lot this year. Um, three and a half expected goals against per 60 minutes is really bad. Um, now Colorado tends to mix and match their second, third and fourth lines a lot as the games go on. Like you'll see guys all over the place. Um, that's just kind of the way they, you know, things have been working out without Nazem Kadri. He's in Calgary now with Gabriel Landeskog hurt. Like they just don't have the depth right now to just, you know, send out their second line for 18 minutes a game or whatever. So you're going to get a lot of changes, but I, I, think the matchup is fine for line one. It's pretty good for line two on the Rangers side. So I think either line uh, of the top six is perfectly acceptable uh, to use. Um, if you want a power play stack and go ahead, the Rangers, you know, still have arguably the best power play in the league in Colorado, um, you know, mid pack by expected goals against so far this year, top 10 for most power plays given up uh, per game to the opposition. So as far as low owned spots go, I think it's Rangers one or Rangers two kind of depending um, what you want to do uh, with your lineups, as I mentioned, not much ownership. Uh, one's, uh, you know, the top line will be a little bit more expensive uh, than the other. Um, so, you know, it could depend what you want to do with the rest of your lines. But I think Rangers 1, Rangers 2, perfectly fine. I, Colorado 1, obviously uh, very acceptable here uh, tonight, as always. Um, coming in with the best leverage, I believe, uh, on the uh, on the DraftKings side of things. We'll bring up our top stacks tool. Uh, Boston one coming in number or Boston one coming in number two and then Colorado one coming in number one. So I, you know, perfectly fine to use Colorado here tonight. I just think, you know, if I could get that Rangers top line at home playing very well so far this year at one, 2%, I do like them here tonight. So I think Rangers one and then, you know, Rangers two, I think is perfectly fine as well. Yeah. There's always that Igor Shesterkin question. You know what I mean? Like, do I want to get, close to double digit ownership on a t on a line going into Igor. He has looked good this year. He hasn't looked invincible like he did at times last year. And again, it's McKinnon. He's nuts. So like don't mind it. Especially where you know they're you're getting positive leverage there. I, I do really like the Rangers tonight. Uh they are very expensive on DraftKings. It might be hard to straight up power play stack them. You'd have to take bits and pieces especially because Fox is 7,200 Panarin, 7,200 Trocheck's in the 6Ks now. Mika Zibanejan, one of the more expensive players on the slate. So moving to the blue line, I think, you know, Kale McCarr, perfectly fine. If you're, you know, using Colorado one, he's very expensive. Otherwise, it's going to be Bo and Byram. Depend I think Devin Tays may be back tonight, so I I'd wait and see there. On the Rangers side, if you're using the power play, I think, Adam Fox is fine at 7,200. It's a bit pricey there. Jacob Truba down to 58. I think he is perfectly fine as a one-off. Also don't mind K. Andre Miller. Yeah, it does look like Devin Taves is going to be back. I think um, one of the beat writers from Colorado uh, tweeted that earlier. So he should be back on the top pair uh, for Colorado. It is obviously a, a boost to them. That doesn't really change my opinion of how much I like the Rangers here tonight, though. Um for defenseman, probably Keandre Miller. I, like he's been shooting a fair bit more uh, so far this season, getting a fair bit of minutes. Um, Jacob Truba is always in play uh, for me um, on DraftKings just because of his peripherals. But I think um, this is a game where I probably try to look for a cheaper defenseman and Keandre Miller uh, definitely at the top of the list for me. 
Yep. So let's move on to a another circus. We have a lot of circuses in town tonight. The Florida Panthers with a 3.9 total heading into Chicago. The Blackhawks have a 2.7 total. It's going to be Sergei Bobrovsky against Alex Stalock. Who, baby? Um, Andre, Andreas Anthony, see you off the top power play. Tyler Johnson in his spot, or Taylor Radish, actually. Like that second line is under 10K on DraftKings. They have two guys on a power play one. I, I really want to get behind the Florida Panther or the Florida Panthers power play here, but like they're running five forwards. Uh, I think they might bring Montour back. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, well, at times they'll run out Patrick Hornquist over over Montour, which moves like Barkov into that point spot, and it's yeah. just weird for him. I think you know if I knew they'd be a hundred percent, you know, rolling out Montour on the top power play and moving Barkov to you know the bumper or one of the wings, I think that would be better. They're getting some decent owner. Like, it's not overwhelming by any stretch of the imaginations. Um, I think, like, even parts of that third line for the Flyers could be – or the Flyers. Why do I keep saying the Flyers? The Panthers could be in play here if you want to power play stack some more expensive teams. But overall, I do like the Panthers tonight. What are you looking at? Yeah, I – like – I don't know what's going on with that Chicago top line ownership. Uh, it seems pretty high to me. Um, the Chicago top line um, coming in with 14% ownership uh, over on DraftKings. We have them as the third highest uh, expected own line over on DK here tonight. The second highest line over on FanDuel. I'll bring up um, I'll bring up that FanDuel leverage uh, real quick. Minus 15%. For that Columbus line we talked about earlier, minus 14% for the Chicago line. Um, it's not like they've been playing exceptionally well together. Two and a half expected goals generated per 60 minutes. They don't have a goal yet at five on five as a line. <laughs> um, you know, so that, it's that's going to turn itself around, but I don't want to play them at, you know, 10 to 15% on a 10 game slate because of that. I think if, I were to do anything with Chicago, it'd be some sort of power play stack. Um, Florida Panthers are giving up a lot of power play opportunities. So, uh, you know, if you want to throw in Tyler Johnson with Domi and Kane, I think something like that is fine. Um, you know, even putting it a, a, you know, a near punt type t- Taylor Radish uh, with Kane and, and Domi or something like that. I, 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 I think that's perfectly acceptable. I don't know. I would, I would just three man stack and even strength line. Uh, for Chicago here tonight, uh, it would definitely be more power play just because they might get a lot of opportunities. But speaking of a lot of opportunities, Chicago is tied for the sixth most power plays given up to the opposition so far this year. And you talked about the Florida power play. Um, th- there are some guys that are on that power play not really coming in with that much ownership. Like Barkov and Reinhardt are probably going to be over 10%, but Matthew Kachuk coming in under 10%. Uh, Brandon Montour is probably going to come in under 10% because of his price as well. This is a 3.9 total. And Alex Stalock in net, like uh, he had two good games to start the year. Uh, game three, I don't think was very good. But like I was, this was a guy like back in 2017, 18, 19, 20, like when he was like a regular backup for Minnesota, like dead last in the league by a lot in high danger save percentage. Um, which is one uh, indicator we use for goalie talent. 
Uh, and then he, you know, we talked on, I think in first, first start, he went through a really bad bout with COVID got, uh, had heart problems, missed a lot of time, got just lit up in the AHL last year. Like maybe he's feeling better, but you know, this wasn't a good goalie five or six years ago to begin with. Um, I think this is just a really good matchup for Florida. So I think I would Florida power play stack somehow, you know, Barkov, Reinhardt, uh, and Kachuk or Barkov, Bennett and Kachuk. I would try to get Barkov and Kachuk or very least Kachuk in, uh, into my power play stacks. I like power play stacking both sides here, but way more, uh, on the Florida side than Chicago. Moving to the blue line, the aforementioned Brandon Montour will probably see some power play one minutes here. 5,200 bit expensive Gustav Forsling through the roof here at 6,300. I don't know. I, I probably just Montour there for me. You want to punt. I think it's the good ass. Uh, we love a good ass here at awesome.com. He's 3,300 bit pricey for him even. So like, I don't even know if I go there on the Chicago side, Seth Jones, if you're power play stacking, otherwise I think, you know, one of, it depends on the price point. Like Murphy's fine, 4,100. Jack Johnson, somehow okay at 3,500. Don't mind punting with Jake McCabe. Yeah, I think Seth Jones on DK, you can leave him off if you want to. I think on FanDuel, he makes a really good value. He's only 5,200. I think he's one of our best uh, mid-range uh, defense values on the slate on FanDuel. So I think Seth Jones on FD makes a ton of sense here. I don't think you have to play the Florida defenseman with the power play or anything like that. Um, I think Forsling's too expensive. Montour would be the guy. Um, Goodis, if you want to go for cheaper. So Montour, Goodis, or uh, maybe Seth Jones on FanDuel for me. For sure. Are you dissatisfied with your performance? Are you having trouble finishing? Today is the last day to come get some hardwood. Ten days for ten day, ten dollars for ten days of stochastic platinum. NBA is back. That means it's time for our best promo of the year. Get full access to all of our data tools for every sport: NBA, NHL, NFL, PGA, soccer, esports, everything we've got, as well as the new lineup generator, which allows you to build and export up to 20 lineups using our data. That's 80% off our normal platinum pricing and you get access to the lineup generator. Use promo code hardwood or click the link in the description to sign up. This is the last day to insert some hardwood into your life. So get on that, hop on it, ride it, do what you need to do. But this is the last day to get hardwood. Moving on to the next game, we have the Pittsburgh Penguins with a 2.9 total heading into Calgary. The Flames have a 3.7 total. Uh, Yari went last night, so it's probably going to be Casey DeSmith. Would imagine it's going to be Jacob Markstrom. He has been pretty shaky so far this year, so uh, wait and see there. Flames have a large total here. Penguins goaltending has been an issue. Minutes for the Calgary top line, kind of an issue similar to the Dallas top line there. Don't mind some cadre in my life tonight. Um, no ownership on the Penguins here, back-to-back on the road. Fairly sizable total. What are you thinking? Yeah, speaking of not scoring yet uh, at 5-on-5, five five, as I just mentioned, was a Chicago top line. Calgary top line hasn't scored at 5-on-5 five five together yet either. Two uh, expected goals generated in their time together. Zero actual goals. Like, they're really not gelling just yet. Um like they with 
Lindholm and Huberto there, they won't have great expected goals numbers anyways. Like Huberto's uh, value comes through playmaking, which is kind of hard to capture through uh, expected goals metrics. Um, he's kind of like the playmaking line eight in that sense. Um, and they just really haven't looked that great to start this season. Um, you're right, not getting a ton of minutes. I'm pretty sure uh, Huberto and Toffoli are getting fewer minutes than Mangiapane and Kaji, or at least it's incredibly close. Um, that's kind of the reason we don't really have that Calgary second line projected for much less uh, than the Calgary top line. The difference really being Dylan Dubé and Tyler Toffoli, where Dubé uh, is getting secondary power play minutes and Toffoli is on the top line. Now, Calgary sends out their top line against the depth from the opposition um, and the depth from Pittsburgh, especially if uh, Teddy Bluger is out, um, not really that great defensively. So I think there is a case uh, for playing Calgary one here tonight. I'm looking at their ownership over on FanDuel perfectly, uh, you know, very good leverage, um, you know, coming in over owned on DraftKings, but still fine for the price. Um, it would probably be Calgary two where I would dip down to. It would be a two man of like Kadri and Majipani. Uh, something like that. Three and a half expected goals generated so far this season, scoring three actual goals across the league. Nazem Kadri is third in individual expected goals generated behind only Matthew Kachuk and Mika Zibanejad. Um, you know, Kadri's really fitting in well. Him and Manchipani are playing really well together on that second line. Um, they're going to get, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh top line, which, you know, we mentioned yesterday hasn't really been, isn't really the same without Jake Gensel there. On the Pittsburgh side, I don't know what they're going to do because they mixed up their lines a lot down the stretch and cross the stretch last night. Crosby and Malkin played quite a bit together. It was Crosby, Malkin, and Russ together for like the last four or five shifts of the game. So I don't know if they, you know, Jeff, Jeff Carter somehow played 18 minutes last night. Um, I'm probably not in on Pittsburgh. This is a pretty tough. Um, penalty kill matchup. Calgary has a top five uh, penalty kill by expected goals against this year. I think it's, uh, you know, Kadri, Manjipani. I might even throw in Rasmus Anderson uh, to get to defenseman. Um, pretty good DK price at 4,700. Uh, Pittsburgh's penalty kill has not been very good this year. And Calgary's uh, top power play for all the issues the top line has had, the top power play absolutely lights out 14 expected goals per 60 minutes, which is monstrous. 18 and a half goal, actual goals per 60 minutes. So, you know, do something like, uh, like I said, Kadri Mangiapane and Rasmus Anderson, maybe throw in Huberto uh, if you want, because, uh, you know, if the power play gets there, he probably gets in. Um, but it's Calgary too, I like most here. Yeah, and the, one of the things that I worry about with Calgary 1 on top of their minutes is Elias Lindholm has been so bad this season that he's been flopped around the lineup if he gets off to a bad start. We cite, we've seen Kadri up there between Huberdeau and Toffoli. We've seen Backlund up there. So, like, if you want a power play stack, that's fine. You want to leave off Lindholm and Kadri. I think that's perfectly acceptable. I just I, – I worry about Lindholm a little bit here. He is cheap, so it's not going to be a massive deal. Um, but it is something in the back of my head. Moving to the blue lines here. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Rasmus Anderson, 4,700 is perfectly fine. I like Noah Hannafin tonight as well, 3,700. Wegar is okay at 4,800. On the Pittsburgh side, not much really jumping off the page here. Uh, unless you're power play stacking Pittsburgh, I don't think there's anything that I truly like. 
Yeah, um, Anderson probably just for the power play. I think that's about it. Like, there's just not a whole lot um, that's really appealing to me uh, on the blue line for either side besides Rasmus Anderson. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're going to get to our next circus. This is a giant one as well. Buffalo Sabres with a 3.1 total heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a 3.5 total. Eric Comrie versus Martin Jones expected tonight. My God. Um, man. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin has been excellent to start the season. He's all the way up to 7K on DraftKings. Top line for Buffalo, about 5%. Uh, ownership spread out on Seattle side. They have a 3.5 total. I think both sides are in play here tonight. Yeah. Um, the one line that uh, I wanted to talk about initially was the Wenberg, uh, Bjorkstrand, Burkowski line. Um, they've been really, really good uh, to start this season. 3.3 expected goals generated. Um, or sorry, 3.1 expected goals generated. 2.0 expected goals against. They've really been uh, shutting down uh, the opposition. Um, Oliver Bjorkstrand's at over four shots per game to start this season. Like Seattle's forwards have actually been playing pretty well. And more than anything is um, that Bjorkstrand, Wenberg, Berg, Oski line is, um, according to our line matching buddy, at line matching on Twitter, um, that line is probably going to go into the Buffalo top line of Skinner, Thompson, and Tuck. Now, They've been pretty bad defensively uh, so far this year. I think 3.6 expected goals against per 60 minutes. It's actually been Eric Comrie that's really saved. Um, yeah. I mean, I think he might yeah. be a good goalie, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. He did pretty well last year. I, I was kind of surprised uh, to see Winnipeg let him go. but um, uh, Winnipeg front office is a clown show. But anyway, yeah. continue. Um, like Comrie might be good, but um, you know that Bjorkstrand, Burkowski, Wenberg line has also been very good. Now that Buffalo top line, it's a small sample for this year, but you know they were below average defensively last year as well. They were just really good offensively. Like that's kind of the trade-off that we spoke about. You know, maybe like Colorado top line junior um, that we spoke about a, a little bit earlier. So with Bjorkstrand shooting the way he is, and and him and Wenberg playing so well together. I do like the Burkowski, Wenberg, Bjorkstrand line. I know Jake, our, our uh, boss, Jake Harry, is going to absolutely love me mentioning Alex Wenberg <laughs> in a stack here today. I think he's the guy you leave off if you want to, um, just because you know he's he just passes the puck like for on DraftKings. You really need, need him to get three assists uh, to get some value. Um, but I do like the Bjorkstrand, Burkowski line from Seattle on the Buffalo side. 
it's the same thing. It's like playing against New Jersey, right? Like Seattle's actually been playing well this year, but the goaltending has let them down uh, quite often. Um, the Cousins line has looked good for the Sabres. Cousins, Hinnestroza, and Paterka, small sample, but three and a half expected goals generated per 60 minutes. The problem is none of them are on the top power play unit. None of them will get much power play time. So I think on the Buffalo side, um, if you're not stacking the top line, which I think they're fine to use here tonight because of the Seattle um, goaltending problems, um, if you're not stacking the top line, it'd be like one-offing a Dylan Cousins or one-offing a J.J. Paterka or even one-offing a Vinny Hinnestroza. That's kind of the way I'd go here. So um, I think both of Seattle's top two lines are, are in play here for me tonight, but I like the Burakovsky-Bjorkstrand matchup a little bit better. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a little trouble trying to figure out what I want to do with Buffalo 1 tonight. Like, Party Marty and that really is a wrench in the tire. But, like, I don't know. You take – you take goalie out of it, which is kind of silly to do, and you just be like, you look at Seattle as a whole. They've been pretty good defensively. You just hope Marty Jones, you know, gives them an average performance, and then you know, no reason really to play Buffalo in one to three. I think they're fine in MME. Moving to the blue line, Rasmus Dahlin, so hot right now. Rasmus seven K though. Um, I guess. You could one-off him here. That's an expensive one-off, but um, if you have the salary, it's fine. I wouldn't force him in. Otherwise, not too much there on the Buffalo side. On the Seattle side, Vinny Dunn, been playing over 20 minutes a night. Hasn't been doing too much with those minutes, but he is on the top power play. Don't mind that. Jake's boy, Carson Soucy, 2,700 would be the punt for me, I think. Yeah, I think... Vince Dunn's a decent value on both sites, you know, um, especially under 4K on DraftKings, getting those top power play minutes. Um, this probably isn't a game where I'm going to grab my defenseman, though. It, it would be Vince Dunn in my um, Seattle stacks, and that's about it. Yep. Uh, don't forget uh, to get your free 200 at MGM. Sign up using the link in the description. Get that free money from the sports books. Also, Last day to get some hardwood. Go bob on that knob. Let's go to the next game of the night. Tampa Bay Lightning, 3.4 total, heading into Los Angeles. The Kings have a 3.1 total. Probably going to be Vasilevsky. Probably going to be quick. LA2 kind of injected some life <laughs> back into the Kings the other night. They looked pretty good. Now they're getting you know 7% ownership. One good game, and they're getting big ownership again. Not really sure what I want to do with the Kings tonight. I think they're a little bit too high owned for my liking. Like Kings won very cheap. They're probably going to be a semi-popular filler here tonight. On the flip side, Kings have been awful defensively. Their goaltending has been bad. Top line for Tampa, 4%. Stamkos, 3%. I think power play stacking is in order. What are you seeing? Yeah, I just had to laugh. Like we were playing this Los Angeles two line at like 16 or 17K on DraftKings last year, and they're under 10K as a whole yeah. today. Um, like I don't necessarily hate it because the price is so cheap, and you're right, they did look a lot better. I think their last game was probably the best game I've seen them uh, uh, so far this season. The problem here is that they're going to go into that top line from Tampa Bay. And that top line from Tampa Bay has been excellent uh, to start the season here. 3.6 expected goals for 2.3 against per 60 minutes. Um, 
And not scoring a lot of goals. We mentioned that on the last show where when Point Kucherov aren't playing with Stamkos, their goal scoring goes down a fair bit, like obviously, but it's it's kind of an indictment that they can't find anybody else to at least like quasi fill in his role on the top line. Um, but I still think, you know, even though Los Angeles too has looked better, they still haven't looked that good defensively. It was just, you know, they look better offensively. It's the defensive play. Um, continues to be an issue, 3.2 expected goals against per 60 minutes. That's considerably worse than average. Um, that's a good matchup for the Tampa Bay uh, top line of uh, Kucherov, Point, and Hagel here tonight. You're right. The Kings top line probably um, going to be a reasonably popular filler, seeing as they're only uh, 14K, you know, just over 14K um, on DraftKings, um, just, over, just under 19K on FanDuel. They'll probably come in lower owned on FanDuel. I was looking at the shot rates for the Kings so far this year, Kevin Fiala is just not shooting the puck at all. Uh, I'm pretty sure Fiala's shot rate has fallen off like near 50% from last year, uh, which is a pretty big concern for me. Um, you know, it's probably why they're only generating two and a half expected goals uh, per 60 minutes. Don't really have a problem with using Kings one. They're going to get that Tampa second line matchup, which you know, not great offensively, but they've been pretty good defensively. Um, I think it's just Tampa won the line that I like the most in this game. Um, even Tampa power play. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings are giving up the most power or the second most power plays uh, to the opponent. Or they're getting the most power plays um, per game, but they're also giving up the third most to the opponent. So if you give Tampa four or five power plays here in this game and your defense doesn't get better than it's shown so far this season, it could be a good uh, power play stacking opportunity for Tampa here. So, um, you know, I think Stamkos makes a really nice one-off. I wrote about him in the power plays article. His shot rate has just been jacked up to start this season. I think he makes a fine one-off, you know, or you can just slide him in uh, with, you know, Braden Point or even, you know, Vlad, Vlad Slavnomestikov is on the power play with him now too. So you can even kind of, line stack that Tampa Bay second line. So I think it's a Tampa Bay power play stack that I like the most in this game. There's just a little bit too much ownership on the Kings for me. Yeah. Kings ownership is a bit concerned. They've been really bad to start the season. Tampa has a 3.5 road total, like getting low ownership in a very good power play spot. Sign me up. Moving to the blue line, Victor Hedman, 6,800. It's perfectly fine. Can't get there. Michael Sergachev always in play. The Kings, guys are just so cheap like drew dowdy 4300 i think i prefer sean dersey honestly at 3400 he's been getting more peripherals but if you are using kings one i think dowdy's fine yeah i think it's dersey or dowdy um i think at dowdy's price like tampa's kind of struggled on the penalty kill a little bit this year um and you know by a little bit i mean uh quite a bit uh worst expected goals against per 60 minutes on the season so with Doughty on that power play, um, don't mind him uh, here tonight, particularly uh, over on DK where he's only 4,300. Yeah, Jersey's uh, fine as well. Um, not sure there's really uh, a Tampa defenseman that I like outside of Hedman. Yeah. Last game of the night, Vegas Golden Knights, 3.3 total heading into San Jose. The Sharks have a 2.7. Uh, Vegas played last night, so it's probably going to be Aiden Hill. James Reimer probable for the Sharks. Um, Vegas let me down last night. They have a 3.3 total though. Still fully correlated on the top line. They didn't look great. The misfits still together on the shark side, Meyer, Hurdle, Barabanov, Noah Gregor, Logan Couture, Luke Cunning. 
I, I don't mind going back to Vegas here. Vegas one. I just back to back on the road. Eight percent on DraftKings is probably going to be a pass for me. Sharks getting lower ownership, but they got to show me something before I unload them in my one lineup. Yeah, uh, Alexander Barabanov's been moved to the top power play unit. That was something that came up just before we came on the air. So that Sharks top line is now perfectly correlated, um, both at five on five and on the power play. And they're not going to be drawing much ownership, probably under 5% here tonight, give or take. Um, not really a bad spot for that Sharks top line. I mean, they're still generating a fair amount with, you know, uh, Bear Banoff not there this year because, he you know, he's missed a lot of games. Still generating three expected goals for 60 minutes. It's just another line that hasn't scored yet at five on five. Timo Meyer, I think he's at like five shots per game and zero goals. He hasn't scored yet this season. Um, you know, Vegas has played really, really well. But you're right. It is a back-to-back. I, I think San Jose's top line. Now that they're perfectly correlated, uh, fine to use uh, here in this game. The problem is, is Vegas doesn't isn't really giving up uh, many power plays. Thirtieth um, for power plays given to the opponent uh, so far this season. So um, don't mind San Jose one because of their price, and you know Meyer's going to break out in a big way eventually. Um, it, you know it's just whether it comes against uh, Vegas or not. I wrote up uh, Jonathan Marchessault in the power plays article because that San Jose top line which is the uh, matchup that um, Marshall So and Carlson and Smith are probably going to get. Hasn't really been great defensively um, to start this season. 3.6 expected goals against per 60 minutes. Um, you know, maybe there's a reason they're not scoring. It's because they're always in their own zone. Um, but whether, you know, regardless, they're just not coming with that much ownership. Um, you know, about 5% over on DK, um, you know, 1% to 2% over on FanDuel. Um, I think that, you know, particularly on FanDuel, I think Vegas 2 makes some sense here tonight. Don't mind San Jose 1. Don't mind Vegas 2. If I had to pick one, it would probably just be Vegas 2. This kind of looks like an ugly game, though. Yeah, of course, it's late, and we're going to stay up late and watch our money disappear because Luke Cunning went to town. Uh, on the blue line, Alex Petrangelo, 10.8% projected. It's a little bit high for me, 5600 Decent price. Not too much else, really. I mean, Alex Martinez is probably fine. On the Sharks side, Eric Carlson has been playing pretty well. 5,300, I think that's fine. Mario Ferraro down to 2,800. I think that's a price where you can play him because shot blocks on DK are important. Yeah, I think um, Petrangelo is fine on either side. Uh, for a cheap defenseman, I do like Ferraro for San Jose here tonight. Uh, 2,800 on DraftKings. Uh, Eric Carlson over on FanDuel, 5,200 grades out as a pretty good value. Don't mind Carlson over on FanDuel. Coming up after us, the NBA Deeper Dive at 5 p.m. with Josh Engelman and Adam Schur. That is in two hours, depending. It doesn't matter what time zone you're in. It's coming up in two hours. <laughs> wow. Uh, goalies for me. I like both goalies in the uh, Dallas-Boston game, Olmark and Ottinger. I like Igor. Don't mind taking a stab on Jake Allen. It is a risky proposition, but he'll probably see some volume there. If you're going to pay up, I, uh, I will say I also like Igor. Also like Yorgiev a bit. I prefer Igor there. If you're going to spend up, I just don't know where I would want to spend up. It's it's just probably like there's nothing over 8K on DraftKings that I like, like Igor and Andre Vasilevsky are probably the most expensive goalies that I like. 
Yeah, Vasilevsky is the guy I wrote up in the Power Plays article. He's one of my favorite goalies uh, on the slate here today um, on for both sides. Uh, and also for both sides, don't mind Jacob Markstrom or Alex Nedeljkovic uh, from Detroit. Uh, Ottinger on DK, and just because Flurry's like 6700 on FanDuel, he definitely has to be considered on FanDuel because of his price. Yeah, I'm going to go for my hat trick pick. Going to go Homer Highway here. Mika Zabanajan. <laughs> okay. Um, don't mind that. Hope he does because I think I'm going to end up with him in my in my three maxes here tonight. Um, my hat trick pick, Hattie Matty Kachuk from the Florida Panthers. Hattie Matty Kachuk. He's been a, a print factory for us with the shot on goal props, uh, Matty Kachuk. As Corsi sent, our buddy Corsi sent me a, a message on Twitter to say, if you need a buck, play Kachuk. <laughs> With a little Buddha reference. Uh, anyway, that's that's enough for us. We've overstayed our welcome. <laughs> we will be back on Thursday. Tomorrow's a short slate. So for producer Slim Cliffy, I am your host, Josh Harris. Remember, last day for some hardwood. Good luck, everybody. Good luck tonight, everyone. <laughs>